Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Tuesday, June 9th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Today, we listen in on some of the nation's most prominent college basketball coaches who recently got together to talk about racism and society for a webinar conducted by the Kansas City-based National Association of Basketball Coaches. Tulane coach Ron Hunter was the moderator, and the guest included Kentucky's John Calipari, Houston's Kelvin Sampson, and South Carolina's Frank Martin. The webinar was called Using Your Platform as a Coach During This Critical Time, but the subject matter went well beyond that, like when Frank Martin and former Oregon coach Ernie Kent shared ugly experiences after being pulled over by a police officer. All of the coaches shared their reaction to seeing the catalyst of the current protests, the death of George Floyd by a white police officer in Minneapolis. The webinar lasted nearly two hours. We'll play the coaches' opening remarks. Go to nabc.com to access the entire webinar. So let's get started, and the voices you'll hear are in order. Calvin Sampson of Houston, South Carolina's Frank Martin, Pat Chambers of Penn State, Tulane's Ron Hunter, Ernie Kent, formerly of Oregon, and then Kentucky's John Calipari. You'll also hear a final word from Sampson. This occurred last Friday. I think, um, and I think we're all basically going to be affected uh, similarly. Um, when, I, when I first saw the, the graphic of um, um, the white police officer uh, from Minnesota with his knee in um, um, Mr. Floyd's neck, um, and then he had his hand in his pocket. Uh, to me, he might as well have had a pillowcase over his head with his eyes um, dotted out and his nose dotted out. He just, it just brought back memories of the Ku Klux Klan uh, from the uh, uh, 50s and uh, 60s. Um, um, I have, where, where I'm from in North Carolina, we have a history with that. So we're all we're all a byproduct of, of our experiences. So I, that's what I thought of. I thought that guy looked like he was from the Ku Klux Klan because he looked like he was enjoying what he was doing. It, it, the intent there was, it, and it almost brought you um, uh, to tears. But I also think it motiv- it, it, it motivated uh, me. Uh, uh, it's almost like a call to arms. I think that. That's probably something that drew all of us to be on this um, um, with you today as webinar, uh, Ron, because it did motivate us. I think if you'd have asked 50 coaches, every one of them would have said, yes, I want to be on. But it, it motivated me. Uh, it, it, makes me it made me want to go hug my players, uh, hug my family, uh, tell them I love them, um, take care of them, but also give them a platform. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be real short here, but I, I gave all our kids a platform uh, to talk. Uh, and to share stories and to share their feelings. Uh, and, and just like what we're doing today, I think that was something that was positive that came, that, uh, came out of it. Coach, I really appreciate that. And, and, and that makes a lot of sense. And, and uh, again, I hope a lot of coaches out there, you know, understand they talked about a lot of times we just, we just need to listen sometimes. And so I think that's great. Uh, Frank, and, and I really want to say thank you. I know after having surgery yesterday and being able to do this, and uh, we've been friends for a long time. And so, uh, and, I, and I know how important this was to you. So uh, could you, how, how did this impact you? Um, you know, Ron, I got mixed emotions on the whole thing. Because uh, in my neighborhood, if it wasn't for the police officers, a lot of us would have not made it out. Uh, 
police officers in our neighborhood, uh, for the most part, uh, made sure that we listened to our parents, that we stayed out of trouble, and they tried to steer us in the right direction. And, uh, but when I saw the act that, that Calvin just displayed, uh, just of disgust, um, I mean, my, my initial reaction was put me in a room with this guy for about 10 minutes. That was my initial reaction. Um, but I'll tell you what had happened, man, because it's, um, it triggered in me a situation I had in 1998. I was driving across country uh, to work five-star basketball camp at old Robert Morris University. And I got stopped in the middle of nowhere. And uh, I had Dade County plates on my car. And a police officer, uh, you know, walked up to my window and, and said, uh, uh, what's a guy from your neck of the woods doing up here? And real sarcastically, you know, and I said, sir, I'm driving to go work a basketball camp. He says, let me have driver's license and registration. So I give him my driver's license and registration. And um, uh, at the time, I used to keep my hair in a flat top really tight and I had a goatee. And I give him my driver's license. And, he, you know, my name, my proper name is Francisco, middle name Jose. So now he, he starts making fun on how to enunciate my name. And he says, Oh, you're one of those banana boat guys from down your way, down there where you where you're from, and uh, so I, right that moment, you know, I was kind of like trying to figure out how to handle that moment, and common sense told me Frank diffuse, you know, which is what I believe in. I believe in diffusing, not escalating, uh, and part of my frustration with society today is that we all question authority. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, when authority steps in, I believe you shut up. And um, when they're wrong, then you got to understand how to handle that. And, uh, but, it, but it reminded me of that moment again. And it started to make me realize that as much as I've talked to my players about all this for the last 30 years, that I did the right thing at the moment when I didn't uh, react to his sarcasm and his nastiness, uh, where, where I, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then he gave me two tickets, not one and, uh, made fun of me again. And he was trying to incite me the whole time. And lucky to me, I, I always kept my cool. I didn't, didn't say anything to him and he left and I left and in retrospect, my biggest failure, is that I never took action afterwards to, to file a complaint and, and create attention onto that. Uh, because I'm a true believer that, you know, there's, unfortunately, man, there's, it, this is what I told our players. We, we have gotten so much better as a society, and we've gotten away from the stuff that Kelvin's talking about but we're still close enough where some of that hatred still exists in people. And, and as we continue uh, to, to fight to get that hatred, you're never going to make it go away. It's like cancer right now. I don't think there's a cure for it. But what we have to do, man, is we have to make sure that, that we never stop paying attention to it. We can't just do this every four or five years. 
Right. This has to be something. I say it all the time. Um, anytime you stop fighting against something, you got to work twice as hard to catch up uh, when you start again. And, and that's, that's kind of what I want to make sure, man, that we don't let these conversations uh, disappear. That yeah. moment I had in 1998, we have to follow through with these things because who knows what that guy's done to somebody after he let me go that day. Uh, yeah. So, so you know, things like that, that that I'm real passionate about, about yeah. talking and, and hopefully making change. Well, thanks, Frank. And, and uh, uh, that, that, that story hits home a little bit. And, and when, you know, it's funny when, uh, when I thought about putting this together, I thought it was important that we got a, a wide variety of coaches and not just black coaches, but minority coaches. And uh, again, I think that all of us, you know, need to, because we're all family in this, in this profession. Uh, and we all had different stories. And so I've called Pat, I've known Pat for a while and, and uh, uh, Pat agreed to do it and without any hesitation. And so uh, Pat, I, I would like for you to go next and talk about your experience and how this impacted you. Yeah, I, I want to start by, by saying thanks for having me on, and I, I appreciate the phone call. Uh, I definitely wanted to be a part of this and thank the NABC for doing this as well. And, and Calvin, I, I've known you for a long time, and um, thank you for sharing that, uh, that story, because I don't know, right? I don't know. I'm a white male. I don't know uh, unless I ask more questions, and I need to do that. I think we all need to do that as a society, not just in the coaching world, because as coaches, our teams are such a great example of units coming together. If our country was more like our teams, we'd be, we'd be in a such better place, uh, all of us, if they were more like our teams, because our teams are melting pots of every race and religion, and it's just unbelievable to watch guys come together. So, Calvin and, and Frank, th thanks for sharing those stories. For, for me, I was you know, I was angry. I, I was when I saw the video and, 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 and sad. I had a pit in my stomach and um, I guess heartbroken. It could be another good word. Uh, not again, you know, not again. Um, and, and one of the first things I did is called, I talked to my players. I talked to James Franklin, who's become a great friend of mine uh, and Kevin Freeman to just get educated. What am I missing here? Why is this still happening? Why? The, the questions, why? For me, I've been in this business so long and I've been a basketball player so long that you, you get busy and you, you don't even think, right? This, we're part of this, right, Ron? We're part of this. This is what we're part of. This is what we do. But people on the outside maybe don't understand that fully to the, to the degree that we do. So specifically over the last couple of years, I've really asked James and Kevin a lot of different questions on, on how we can get better. Uh, how I can get better, and what questions can I ask to keep this going? Um, and what can I do for my players? What can I do for my program? What, what can I do for the communities and the cities? I mean, I, I played in Sunny Hill. You guys remember Sunny Hill? I mean, I, I'm, I'm from Philly or just outside Philly. So it, it, it's, it was disturbing. Uh, racism and, and social injustice, we, we got to make this a consistent fight that we, we're, we're not going to stand for this. But it can't just be this call today. We know this. It's got to be every single day. We got to continue this fight, but we got to partner up. We got to partner up. We got to ask the questions and we got to keep this communication going. Yeah. Pat, that's, um, that, that, that's great. And one of the things that a lot of my, uh, my white counterparts or my white friends, one of the things that I've shared with them is that uh, a lot of times it's just listening. That kind of what you talked about. Um, but even more than listening, I think a lot of times it's, uh, you know, we've lived this our entire lives and, and I would say also make sure you, you do your research. 
uh, a quick story before I go to uh, Ernie. Uh, I'm here in New Orleans and they were protesting and I'm outside with the protesters and my car just happened to be on the street and it was the only car on the street. White kid walks by with Black Lives Matter with the, with the, uh, with the sign, has no idea that's my car, spits at my car and throws something into the window of my car. So white kid with Black Lives Matter have no idea that's my car. And so the first thing I thought about is that that young kid has no idea what it's even marching about. And so a lot of time, that's why I talk about sometimes you just have to listen. And then our young people who I love what they're doing is that make sure you do your research. Make sure when you're walking out there, you understand what you're doing it for. And uh, I think that's important. So I really appreciate what you said with that, Pat. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important please visit kansascity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Ernie, you want to, uh, you want to go next? Yes. First I want to uh, thank you for putting this together. And we were all on prior to this becoming live and just the camaraderie uh, that we have in our coaching perfection. I, I think it's pretty unique where we've been around each other you know, 20, 30 years. So I really appreciate uh, all of you guys for speaking on this. Um, when I first saw this, it instantly brought tears to my eyes. I mean, I literally cried uh, to hear a, a grown man in the last seconds of his life call out for his mother uh, was just a profound impact uh, on me. It made me sad and, and more so because there was nothing you could do in that moment as you, as you knew his cries and you knew his tears even that were there. And then from there, it became anger. It became anger because you have a flood of emotion and a flood of thoughts to start coming back into your head from when you were younger and at an age nine and you were thrown into the back of a police car and, and driven around the park so a white lady could look at you to identify or not identify you as the one who had stolen her purse. And then a policeman drives you home to where you're a freshman at the University of Oregon raving about Eugene and what a great community and here it is one o'clock in the afternoon and you get pulled over by a police officer that's 20 yards behind you telling you to freeze, don't move, put your hands on the dash and my friend gets ready to get out the door and I have to grab him and say don't move and at that time you look through the mirror and he's out with his gun drawn, kneeling behind his car with his gun pointed at your head. Those are scary moments and they're life changing moments that you are always in fear anytime you get pulled over. I don't care what city I am, uh, anytime an officer pulls you over for anything, running a red light, driving too fast, you, you instantly have that feeling because you just don't know uh, what is approaching your car. Uh, the face of that officer uh, could have been the face of a lot of people that I've encountered uh, in my life, that have been those people that have called through that N word, uh, that have yelled, screamed uh, profanities at you just because of who you are. But more importantly, it made me think of my kids. And I felt really 
sad for them because they have grown up privileged because of the success we've had as coaches. We've been able to maybe put them in environments where they have a lot of things that normally kids their age don't have. And they still have some experiences that they're going to have to go through in this world. And I talked to them about that over the last couple of days when they do encounter something as impactful that some of the things that have happened to me uh, in my life. I think, though, I went out last night because I wanted to, I'm up in Portland, Oregon right now. I just wanted to experience for a few minutes uh, the emotion of a march. And there were probably uh, 4,000 people in that march. And you're in Oregon, so predominantly white. uh, And I would say 95% of them were white and young. And Black Lives Matter signs, uh, protect our freedom, all of these things that were coming out of them. And I just thought for a moment as I I sat and watched for an hour from afar uh, the event, and I thought if we do not take this moment in time as to what is going on in this country and come together and have the opportunity to change the trajectory of this country and where we're going, then shame on us because there would have been a lot of people that have died in vain. And I hope that through this, there's a lot of rallying cries from, from coaches uh, at all different levels, politicians, corporate people that you're starting to see. Uh, we need to change, and we really do. And that means everybody needs to take a hard look in the mirror at themselves because we talk a lot about, about racism. Uh, there could be hatred going back and forth because of what you've experienced and what you've been through. And I think it's very, very important that all of us really Look at that compassion in our heart as we move forward on all of this. So I'm just happy to be a part of this. And thank you again, Ron, for putting this together. Good. Thanks, Ernie. Uh, again, one of, the, one of my friends that uh, was easy to call, we, had a, we probably talked 40 minutes the other day when I asked him to do this. This is uh, John Calipari. And, and uh, John and I, we're kind of going back. And a lot of you know when you talk to John, sometimes you, you're speaking of listening. I did all the listening on that day. So. <laughs> but, uh, John, we appreciate you uh, being on the call. And, and then how did this, how did, how, what do you feel about this? How did it impact you as a coach and a man? Well, first of all, uh, let me say this, that you, Ron, and the other coaches on here, you guys know the respect I have for everybody on this call and coaches in general, uh, what we do and how we develop young people and uh, the challenges we all face. But, um, you know, first of all, there was shock. And then, like, I was sick. Like, how could one human being – do that to another human being. What would lead you to do that? Um, led me to ask a lot of questions and listen to friends of mine that I respect and love. Um, kind of been pushed, stay out of it. You're white. I've been pushed the other way. You understand as much as anybody, you need to speak. And But I wanted to sit back and listen and learn and figure things out first before I've spoken. And this is really the first time I've uh, been on this kind of platform. But my wife and I looked at each other and we said, our lives have changed. You know, I came from a poor background. I mean, I don't want to get into all that, but where I am now is based on African-American families trusting me with their child. I wouldn't be here. Families of color trusting me with their child. Trusting me with their child to 
dream their dreams, their hopes, their desires, and understand. And, and I feel it's important to step up with whatever comes back at me to, to really think this through. Now, one of the things I can tell you, police brutality and, and ideas of policing and the criminal justice system, and I don't think I have a ability to influence but I can donate to those funds, which I do. But my area of influence, my little corner where maybe I can do something is my own players. How about keeping them safe, Ron? How about having the NBA security talk to my team about if you're approached by a policeman, how you respond? Um, it is also about telling them they have a voice. And because you have that Kentucky uniform on, you may not be treated like people who look like you, but you better be ready to stand in when you see injustice. And we talk about educate yourself, know what they stand for, know what you can lose. And when you do that, then you get to the front of that line. Also teaching them about servant leadership, about being about others. How about this one, Ron? We go to our own staffs and Frank, we have our own staff. And it's not just our assistant coaches. We got secretaries, receptionists. We got weight strength coaches. We got uh, uh, video basketball ops trainers. Are we creating access and opportunity for others in what we oversee? So when I went through that, this is something that I'm, I'm I want to talk through with you guys, and you tell me if you think this is a good proposal that I'm going to put forward. And even if you don't, I'm going to do it anyway, but I would like to talk about it. You guys know me well enough. Um, I'm going to propose to our athletic department that we start minority internships, not in basketball, but I'm talking about media relations. I'm talking about marketing, fundraising, you understand, how about the training staff? How about the weight training staff? How about the senior women administrator? How about we give access through athletics? Because what you talked about, Pat, is right. But we in athletics don't see it. But how about we get athletic departments to start looking different? That we can be an influencer on. I told our people that I'd be the point of funding. I look at this and I say, look, if we do this and it's about executive development, that we prepare young minorities for leadership because we have issues with the number of African-American coaches or minority coaches, we do. Well, you have to have leadership that looks at it different. If we do it at Kentucky, my hope would be other schools call and say, how did you do this? What would it do? You may tell me with coronavirus, we're all going to be furloughed, losing. Let me tell you, there's one thing people would invest in right now, and it's a minority internship or executive development program at our schools, at our athletic departments. My hope would be there are many careers out there that minorities don't have access and opportunities to. They would look at us, not only in basketball and basketball coaching, but in our athletic departments and say, how did you do that? 
How did you get to this point? Teach us and show us. Might take 10 years, may take 20 years, but I think athletic departments should look different. But for all of us on this call, the one thing we do have influence over is to create access and opportunity for more minorities. So that's kind of where I'm headed. And you guys all know when I get started on something, I'm a bulldog. <laughs> like this is now, and it's, it's taken me, you know, some time to really come to for all of us. We're all trying to say, what difference can I make? Like me, little me, what can I do? But I'm saying to everybody, you can look for things out there that you can do to make a difference in where this all goes. Ron, Cal, I, no, let me uh, hold on for a second, Ray. Cal, I, I I I appreciate that, but I do want to add to this, that, uh, and, and I and, and I think that's a great idea. Uh, but again, I don't think that that would change so much of the social injustice that has happened. And, and I say that because. I think all of us, and I'm really right now speaking to the African-American coaches, we've all been pulled over and we're doing pretty well. You can be an associate AD, you know, again, the color of your skin, regardless of your education sometimes in our society, really won't matter in that regards. Now, I completely agree with you that we've got to make sure that, that we do it. Hell, just in our own business, in our own profession, we need to do better with minority hiring and, and we need to see, like you said, in our athletic departments and at the president's office also. We, you know, not just in athletics, but at our president's office where we see more minorities and some of those things. And so, you know, I, and before Gary goes, I, you know, all of us are probably on the backside of our coaching careers right now. I don't want to keep doing this. Every, every first team meeting I've had over the last few years, I bring in a judge and I bring in a police officer. And I bring them in, first of all, Cal, what you said, Cal, to talk about when the police pull you over, have your hands on the wheel, look straight ahead, don't reach for anything. Uh, I bring a judge in to talk about, you know, making sure you have the right representation. I did not think that after all this time and in 2020, that that's my first meeting every year, teaching my kids how to get arrested or when a police come. And so we've got to get it to the point for the younger coaches that are out there or that next generation, man, I hope that's not the case, that on their first team meeting that we don't have to get to this. So, Cal, I'm 100% behind you. Let I, me, I, let I, me say this, Ron. I got yeah, to right. tell you. I understand there's got to be different police training. We, but again, my influence, how do I influence that? How do I influence? And if anybody on this call can tell me how I would influence the criminal justice system, but I know this, if 10 years from now I can look back and I could see the opportunities others would never have had all of us on here get involved in this. We can look back and say, you know what? I made a difference. Forget about how many games we win. National championships, final. It, this, this, our children will be with. So I say this to you, Ron. It's, it was not trying to say, I don't, I, this will change that. But I do know this. Every family for their child wants access yeah. and wants opportunity. That's it. You don't yeah. have to give me this. Just give me access so I can get in. In athletics, our departments need to change how they look. They do. I agree. They do. And I can say this would be a path to that. Would it be the end all, do all? No. 
but here's where I am. I just want to do something. I'm not going to sit back. I'm here because of African-American families and families of color. I'm here. I mean, are you kidding me? I don't deserve to be the coach at Kentucky. Who the heck am I? But I'm here because of them. And I'm saying, all right, how do we do this? But anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted again. Ron. No, no, thanks, John. Of all the people that's on this panel today, the two people that are going to make the biggest difference is going to be mm -hmm. Pat and John. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be Ron. It's not going to be Kelvin or Ernie or Gary or Frank. It's going to be you. When white, when white people start fighting against racism, when it becomes important to you, when it's more important to you than it is to us, that uh, there's something wrong with police brutality. We need to reform the criminal justice system. We need to get out and vote. Something is wrong. The, 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 most, the, most, the worst thing that's happened in our country today is racism. When it's, more, when it's more important to Pat and John, when you guys are leading the fight, that's when I know we got a chance. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Links to stories about race in sports and a link to the full webinar can be found on KansasCity.com. Earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer, and it still stands. It's a good one, 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage. And that includes the Sports Extra with the E-Edition. There's more than 20 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Well, here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. Whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Hey, thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Wednesday with another episode.